Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the pod. Happy Friday, John. <laughs> Happy Friday, Jazz. Good to be here. Nice to chat to you. You you you're dressed a bit like a teenager there. You've got your hat backwards. You've got a print on your on your t-shirt. Very hip. Yeah, my my I'm, my, I'm my very my, middle aged by comparison. My my kids don't like me uh, <laughs> looking too old, so I have to stay young. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. That's it. No, good to see you, and uh, looking forward to looking forward to our chat. It's good, man. Um, so, what's happened over the last week or two, John, in the markets? Are uh, I think if we start with the big picture, from the eyes of a financial market at a very macro level, over the last couple of months, obviously the market hasn't done that well. The financial markets haven't done that well. We all know that, but give or take. Roughly 14% of the global wealth has been wiped out, which equates to roughly about 35 trillion. But if you compare it to 2008, 2008 saw a decline of about 19% from memory. So when we look at very this very big picture, what do you what, where, where, where where do you see the market and the economy? So. So in the US, there's been one quarter uh, of negative GDP growth, which means that if there's if the June quarter is in negative GDP growth, we're in, officially in a recession. We being being the world's biggest economy mm-hmm. um, that decides <laughs> decides the future of monetary policy. Mm-hmm. So and and my 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 view is that you know we probably are in a recession, and we're trying to masquerade um, a, a bad economy with um, with inflation. Or at least that was the that was the intention, and, and then that inflation got out of hand, and now they're going to try to rein that in, or at least that's what they're saying. Um, but to your point about uh, the the uh, erasure of wealth, the uh, the de- uh, the the Nasdaq is down about thirty percent since January, thirty percent, so well into correction territory. Uh, the S and P five hundred and the Dow Jones are down about nineteen percent, so they're about to officially be in sort of correction territory. But uh, yeah, the markets uh, aren't um, aren't going well. The this is this is what uh, the, the markets are essentially having a temper tantrum over interest rates. So the, so we were told six months ago that the Fed wasn't thinking about thinking about putting rates up, and then you get a couple of bad uh, inflation uh, reads and. It's all guns blazing with uh, with higher interest rates, and so the market was taken unawares by that. It was taken off balance, and so the market's correcting, and it's correcting based on what the Fed's been saying, uh, mm-hmm. which is we're going to put higher interest rates up until we've we've squashed inflation, which is what uh, Jerome Powell said this week. Mm-hmm. Let, let's come back to whether or not they can and will do that, but that's what the market's uh, processing that there's. Um, Higher interest rates are coming, and we're kind of halfway through a probable uh, beginning of a recession. So there's all sorts of things, and and let's not um, forget uh, oil prices just keep going up and up and up. So, so we'll come back on, to that. But we, look, yeah. yeah. So I just want to pick on something you said there before. Um, the point that you made about correction that has happened in the market and the interest rates, just combining two together for a minute. So so far. We we have seen is 0.75 of our rate hike by Fed. So the first one was 0.25, and the next one the next one was 0.5. Right? Um, yeah. Is it fair to say 
with the correction that 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 is it fair to say that there's a further correction that market is clearly expecting purely because fed is clear this time on the mandate that they want to fix inflation which is still sitting at a eight handle if that means that stock markets have to go uh, that if the stock markets have to correct by 30 40% uh, which Nasdaq already has, so Nasdaq can probably correct fifty percent. But as if we if we were to talk about S and P five hundred indices, that it can go down up to thirty percent. Um, market is still sticking to that nar- narrative. So that's yes, that's the the market. The market seems to be factoring in that they're just going to put, keep putting rates up. But and yes, it's factoring in that there's going to be a big erosion in 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 the values. That, that there's another leg down, right? Something something along those lines. But I say that with an asterisk and a caveat because the 10-year yield came down this week. So listeners of Spark Your Fire know that you've got to be watching the 10-year yield. So the 10-year yield two weeks ago was over 3%. So to be going up and up and up. And this year it came down, uh, This sorry, this week, the 10-year yield on the US Treasury, which is basically the global reserve, right? When we talk about um, people having US dollar reserves, it's because they're holding 10-year treasuries, right? That's what the reserve is. And the 10-year Treasury came down below 3% um, this week, pretty sharp. What what that means is that the market thinks even if interest rates go up, they're going up soon and then they're coming back down again. It also suggests that there's a recession coming. So the market might be predicting higher rates in the short term, but it's predicting lower rates in the long term, and that's what's going to matter. So, yeah. So what the 10-year yield in the future is telling us is that the market expects a recession in the future. That, that's what it's saying. So if, if we were to look at the yield curve, right, in that case, we did see a couple of ne- negative um, uh, days on the market when, when we compare the two-year with the 10 and three with the 10, right? But that has corrected itself. So... Yes, it was negative for a few days, but it's not anymore. I mean, 5 and 10 probably still is. It is actually. 5 and 10 is. But when you look at 2 and 10, or when you look at 2 and 7, or even 2 and 5, it's not negative anymore. What's the 2? What's the 2? 2 is sitting at 2.63. All right. Okay. All right. And the 10 is sitting at 2.8. 2.85. 2.85. So the point that flat, I, mate. I mean that's it's ten years versus ten years. Yeah. So the point that I'm trying to make make it make is that even though Fed is hiking the rates, and we mm. saw the yield curve flattening and even going negative for a bit, but that was a temporary yeah. reaction, and it has corrected itself. Uh, my, my my read is is that the economy is very very weak, and that the 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 yield curve is trying to tell us that. Um, if, let, let, if, let's look at, let's, if there let, could be sustained, if there could be sustained rate rises, the ten-year yield would be four percent. Let, let's have a look at this. They're, they're raising rates, and and uh, and that has a um, anti-stimulus effect. We are also seeing higher um, oil prices, which is a which is essentially a tax, um, and it's going to lead to lower uh, consumer spending. And we're in the middle of a Shanghai lockdown. So the supply chains are all screwed up. So absolutely, I, I can't I can't see a situation where the June quarter isn't negative as well. 
by August, we'll be talking about that we're in a recession, maybe July. So then what does the Fed do? Does does the recession solve the inflation problem that the Fed's trying to um, trying to put out? I mean, if 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 uh, if we we are in a recession, do you need to put the fire of inflation out, or the or is the consumer dead? Now, my personal view is that recessions, generally speaking, inflationary because uh, the Fed always steps in to just liquefy the place, but. Uh, the consumer will be dead. And if we're talking only about consumer spending in a recession, consumers don't spend. I think you've got your inflation problem solved by Q3. And we're trying to, we're trying to resuscitate the patient again. And, and, and around we go. If Fed doesn't solve the inflation problem, even if the economy is heading into recession, if Fed doesn't solve the inflation problem, then there are, other bad consequences of that, which is yep. currency losing its value completely, right? which means country losing its reserve status. So there's bigger problems to be dealt with. So again, the question becomes is what's more important for Fed? Let the economy go into recession to solve the uh, inflation problem, like Paul Paul Walker, he did that. But but one thing's in in my head. I I mean, if I if I zoom out and forget everything everything else, what's the number one priority at the moment for Fed? And to me, it clearly feels like, forget everything else, tackle the inflation. Because if we don't tackle the inflation, the consequences of it are going to be so bad that um, you don't want to go to that place, basically. You don't want to see that happen. Yeah. Have you heard of the Mike Tyson quote where he says, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face? Uh, so this is the Fed, right? That they will try to fight inflation until there's a recession, and then they're going to change their mind. They're going to decide that the the, the inflation is not so important. It's that uh, the economy's dead. Uh, I think that their plan is to fight inflation, and the minute they get punched in the face, they'll change their mind. Now, the difference between when Volcker was in in 1980 and during the Reagan years is that the the debt was much lower. Mm-hmm. So two two things was happening is the debt was much lower, and they were rising. They were raising interest rates into lowering taxes. So Reagan was a tax cutter, and uh, Volcker was tightening uh, tightening interest rates. And Margaret Thatcher actually at the time said the perfect combination for a healthy economy is high interest rates and low taxes. And she's right. She's right because you want an economy where the where the private sector makes the investing and consuming decisions and the um and the private sector saving as well so you want high interest rates high enough to save and to prevent malinvestment so you want a healthy economy has uh high interest rates and low taxes and at the moment we have low uh low interest rates and high taxes so we're the opposite and that's why our standard of living is falling um so i don't i don't think that i don't think we can even compare to the 80s um the the, the debt levels and the tax levels are very different so um Yep, I'm afraid I, the the feds the feds screwed the pooch, mate. They've uh, they've screwed it all up. I'd, I'd use an f bomb, but uh, but I know that this is a family program. <laughs> no, they fucked it. Like the, the the feds fucked it. Yeah, there we go. I've, I finally sworn on spark your fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we we know it's it, it's it's we know that they are in a bad place. Um, it's just what are the possible outcomes with what they are trying to do and how to, how to best maneuver mm-hmm. that i think is the is the is the point here right so one thing's clear 
that rates are going to rise to tackle the inflation, in my opinion, right? That the rates are going to rise to tackle inflation. Economy is going to go into recession. Uh, there is that demand shock, which is basically tackle the inflation that kill the demand, which is uh, which leads to kill the wealth. How do you kill the wealth? Let the rates rise, let the markets tank, and naturally the demand will die. That's what they, I think it's pretty clear and pretty safe to say with what's going on and looking at the markets that it's the, it's the, it's, it's kill the demand. And the only way you can kill the demand is by raising rates and reducing the wealth effect, which is housing goes down, stocks go down, uh, metals go down, crypto is already hammered, all of that. Yeah. Yeah, you, uh, they, they'll up, kill the consumer. Yeah, yeah, up up to the point where the treasury market or the bond market starts to tell a story, and the story is going to be uh, short-term rates versus long-term rates, uh, and and we start to see that go into the negative territory. When that happens, yeah. uh, the whole cycle will turn again. Basically, we'll go back into the loop of QE instead of QT. Actually, that reminds me, QT hasn't even started yet. So Fed is supposed yeah, to yeah. start QT from next month, which is what, <laughs> 90 billion a In month. June. And, the... and over the three-year period, yeah, that yeah. works out to be roughly, roughly 3 trillion. So this process hasn't even started yet. We are only yeah. talking about a 0.75 of a rate hike that's yeah. done this much of damage. Nothing when the QD starts. I, I think I think we're gonna see some decent blood on the streets. Right, right. Is decent. Yeah, or? look, I think that the, I think we're going to see blood on the streets. <laughs> not decent. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. It's, no, no, no. I know. I know what you mean. I know you're not saying it's a good thing. Uh, yep. Yep. Look. That's right. So the Western economies, including Japan, are consumer-based societies. So, so Japan's not manufacturing the way it used to either. So when they kill the consumer, they've killed the economy. I mean, American, the US and European economies are 70% consumption. So when they say they need to take consumer prices out by taking out demand, it's like this, uh, our economies don't do anything else. Uh, mm. we're, we're consumption societies. So, um, so they will again they're going to get punched in the in the face and they're going to they're going to change their minds so they will put interest rates up until they break something because that's how it always works but in the in the uh, in the 80s when they put interest rates up until something broke the interest rates were 20% and then when they put some interest rates up uh, after 2000 the, the stock market crash uh, when they broke something interest rates were 8% and then when they put interest rates up uh, you know, after uh, 2016, they broke something at 4% or something like that. So what I'm saying is um, the, the threshold at which high interest rates kill the, kill the economy is becoming lower and lower and lower. And my guess is that interest rates will get to 1.5% before it goes splat and they've got to start lowering them again. Um, yep, they'll put interest rates up in June, and they'll. they'll but we're we're closer to the end of the cycle than the beginning. I, I think, and I, I think that that's the difference. I think I agree with you. One thing, one thing that you just said over there that um, I think somewhere between one point five to two percent is where they will. Yeah. This whole 
process. So currently we are sitting yeah. at 0.85 all up, um, mm. including the last two rate hikes. Um, so that means another two of 0.5, that's one. So that's one. That's 1.85 over there. Yeah, so two more rate hikes, yeah. 0.5 each, and then maybe a 0.25, which brings you to 2.2 kind of thing. And that's where the, yeah. this whole thing will stop. The show will stop completely, basically. Yeah. So you and I both kind of agree that we need higher rates, though. So I, I, I don't want the listeners to think I'm against rates going up. I think that they need to, and that's how you normalize the economy. The problem is doing it by 50 basis points every month. That It's happening too fast. And what they probably should do is take a pause and then wait three months and then put them up 50 basis points then then wait 3 months and put them up another 50 basis points if you do if you do consecutive monthly 50 basis point increases or even 25 basis point increases with this much debt um, you're going to break something very very soon and very very quickly i want to see interest rates go up um, so they have to slow down slow down and one thing that we've talked about before is um, the Higher interest rates, mark my words, higher interest rates are going to be viewed as a national security problem. Um, if interest rates get to 2.2%, the interest on the, the US debt will be greater than their military budget. This is why when all this talk of interest rates going up, they can't do it. They're going to talk more about interest rate increases than actually deliver on in interest rate increases um, because the debt is so big now. So they're going to say who's holding the debt the Fed uh, mainly, um, and can we afford higher rates and, and who are we paying the interest to and all those sorts of questions. And I think they will conclude that interest rates can't go up um, because it's too much of a national security problem. Yeah, I completely agree on that, actually. And uh, as you were saying, I was thinking about it. These cycles of rate hikes each time are going to get smaller and smaller. Uh, yep. What I mean by yep. that is, yep. well, generally, when Fed starts to hike the rates, it goes over a period of time, and that period is going to get shorter mm. and shorter, purely because the market is not able to, but market is not going to be able to suck that um, the way it used to in the past. Uh, yep. Mainly because of the debt and all the problems that you have just mentioned, and I think bond market will cry out uh, to stop this process. So it's going yeah. to happen. That, that's exactly right. Yes. Yeah, it's going to happen, but the cycles are going to get shorter and shorter. And this will be probably one of the shortest cycles that we will ever see yep. compared to the past, where just four rate hikes or five rate hikes has changed the whole game and the process has to, uh, and, the, and the Fed has to unwind the whole process once again uh, over, the, over the next few years. Absolutely. So, so I agree with you on that. Absolutely. And that's where it becomes the problem of national security, which is what you're mentioning. Yeah. yeah. Let, let, let me give you an, an example. So under under the uh, Trump years, so from six, 2016 to 2019, they put interest rates up eight times. That's, that's a three-year in interest rate increase cycle, and that's pretty, that, that's pretty good. Like eight, eight increases was good. Um, but Trump was lowering taxes at the same time. So, so the economy was kind of, you know, look, something broke in 2009 when the repo market uh, collapsed. But um, you can put interest rates up if you're lowering taxes. At the moment, you know, with the Build Back Better plans and all these sorts of things going on in the US, they're going to be trying to increase taxes and raise interest rates at the same time. And I agree with you. This is going to be very, very short. This is going to be quick. 
um, this cycle isn't going to last as long as people think. Yeah. But just so we're clear, interest rates are going to go up before they go down. And you know what, as you, so yes, so we both agree on one thing that this is going to be a short-lived cycle. I yeah. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt on that, yeah. at least from our point of view, right? And that's why probably when you look at the, um, the macro picture of the precious metals or even the charts, whatever, mm. they're telling a story. And the story essentially is that even though Fed is talking about hikes and they are going to do hikes, but it's going to be a very short, it's going to be a very short-lived process, mm. which means they will have to turn around fairly fast. And that's when these metals or the commodities that we have been talking about over the last few years haven't actually performed that well, will probably mm. start to um, see some um, decent growth in them. Yeah, yeah, it's my my old love, uh, gold and silver, the precious metals. Yeah, look, uh, the, the, you know, gold's been one of the best performing assets this year. That's because everything's crashed around it, and it's it's done relatively well. Um, I still, I still think, I still think, I still think, generally speaking, currency is a unit of debt. So therefore, you want units of wealth. You want to own units of wealth. So um, you want to own real estate, you want to own gold, I think you want to own some Bitcoin, but you know, but, but even putting aside any specific asset class, what you're trying to do is find um, representations of wealth to cancel out the fact that we live in a, in a debt-based economy. The, when the central banks issue, print money, they're not really printing money, they're, they're issuing debt, which is what our currency is. So you want to own units of wealth to offset all the units of debt that you're forced to, to hold. So precious metals, I, I can't see a situation where you wouldn't want to own that over the next decade. That said, I've been wrong on this, but that's a wealth wealth preserver. Real estate's a wealth preserver. Um, the S&P 500 probably is a wealth preserver as well, just owning these, uh, these indices, right? Uh, particularly if they're dividend paying. Uh, that's how you've got it. I think that's just how you've got to think about this sort of stuff. Um, and then you can make up your own mind, but I think you need to know what, um, what each asset class represents and, and what the big macro picture is. The big macro picture is to some degree uh, they want and need inflation because there is too much debt. So there's going to be a debt liquidation at some stage. So you need to be on the other side of that, which means holding real units of wealth. Mm -hmm. So into precious metals, for uh, example. So let's let's simplify this for the listeners and for us more more than listeners for us because uh, yes I don't <laughs> even know what I just said <laughs> when we when we go deep down we go deep down um, what's the base case here and what are the wrap up thoughts mm. so so uh, my base case is the rates go up this year probably until August September maybe earlier. And then they start coming down, um, but I think that the I think that what we need to do is expect permanently higher inflation because to put the inflation fire out is now going to be too dangerous. Mm -hmm. So, therefore, as as investors, we need to think about what do you hold when you've got um, infl inflationary expectations just ratchet up ratchet up from let's say two percent, which is what they were over the last couple of decades. To four and a half or five percent, the eight percent is unacceptable, but they will accept five percent. Um, and interest rates aren't going up as high as people think. Mm -hmm. what, what, what's your base case? So my base case, and the best guess will be, is 
Fed's going to keep raising the rates up until something within the financial markets break. And that will happen probably after another percent or 1.25 percent ish of a rate hike. So I'm expecting another 2.5s plus mm-hmm. maybe another 0.25 after that. And that will signal something in the markets that is about to break. And by that time, we would have seen a correction of, if I was to talk the indices, S&P 500, we would have seen a correction of probably about 30% on S&P 500. On NASDAQ, we would have seen a correction of roughly about 50%, which currently sits at 30%. That's my base case. Wow. Yeah, right. right. Uh, which means real estate is obviously going to impact, get impacted as well. So we'll see a 10 to 20% correction within the real estate market. As a part of that base case, the whole tightening process, interest rate hike process is going to be very short, uh, which means another, we, we're talking another three to six months, maybe max, in my opinion, before mm-hmm. all hell break, breaks loose. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I yeah. actually think I think I think real estate will surprise people. I think that it'll it'll only go down about five percent, um, maybe maybe even less than that. Um, I, I just feel like it's um, cycle isn't done yet, so I think that it will be affected by uh, by the interest rate increases. And I think that so it's you know I think that there's less foot traffic at uh, at real estate inspections at the moment. But I just think that um, it's one of those. It's it's just a quirkier it's quirkier asset class because it's it represents accommodation in people's homes. So you don't liquidate your home when um, the the economy goes bad. You just t- tend to ride it through. Uh, whereas you sell your Amazon shares because uh, you don't live in those. Mm-hmm. So I, just, I always think that you know we we tend to overstate movements in real estate when it's just it's just a different beast. So here's a question for you. Dixie, the dollar currently is currently sitting right. at. Let me let me just pull out the chart quickly of Dixie. So Dixie is sitting at roughly about 103. It topped out at 104, yep. 105. Uh, do you think that the dollar has done its job of um, helping correct the other asset classes? Because dollar is obviously a safe haven for now or it's going to go higher from here? Well, that is a good question. That is a very good question. I think it goes higher. I think it goes higher. I'm sort of, I've come around to dollar milkshake theory by uh, Brent, um, Brent someone. Um, so for, for listeners who haven't heard of it, dollar milkshake theory is all about uh, how the US dollar sucks up all the uh, the capital in the world and, and strengthens even even when it doesn't necessarily want to. And that's because um, most international debts issued in US dollars. And if you want to pay your debt back, you need to buy US dollars first. So it becomes the, the currency of, um, of demand. I think it goes higher. I think it goes higher. Um, I think it's a deeply flawed system. And I actually think that we'll see uh, precious metals and the US dollar going up at the same time. Well, we've seen the dollar go up and the the ten year yield come down this week, so that that's just money's going into the into the debt market um, as a safe haven. So there's a lot of fear out there at the moment. That, that will subside, of course, um, but right now it's a fear play, um, and that's so it's money's rushing into the safe havens, the dollar, mm. um, the bond market, 
yeah, even even gold as well has done quite well uh, recently. So one final question: uh, How low do you think <laughs> the inflation will get to with all the measures the Fed is taking? Where do you think they'll the inflation will end up by the end of the year? Currently, it's a eight hundred. Oh. Where do you where do you see? Jeez, jeez. Um, I've just, I'm just going to go and get my crystal ball and, uh, so, well, so look, I mean, I don't know, but look, I, I think it will be below 8%. Um, of course. It, will, it, will, it will come down. Yeah. But yeah. How, yeah no, I know that's a fairly how, obvious thing, isn't it? Yeah. How low are we talking here? Are you talking in a handle of three, a handle of four, a handle of five? Oh, four or five. Four yeah. or five. And I, again, I think that they'll be, they'll be happy with that actually. Uh, but don't forget, I also think we'll be in a recession by uh, by the end of June. So I think I think recessions are deflationary, generally speaking. Yeah. So so I think I think I think on the inflation front, I agree with you as well. For a four handle is likely that we'll we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. So the Fed. So, so Powell said, "Could we talk today?" Because <laughs> it made yeah. me, it made me think. <laughs> Well, you know, we came into this meeting, listeners, with no notes. We just go, let's just chat just about what we kind of what, what's in the gut uh, at the moment, and um, we don't normally do that. We normally sort of prepare a little bit more. So it was a quite an interesting chat. But look, I, I know what you're saying. You're saying Powell came out and said that they'll keep putting rates up until uh, inflation goes down. And the question is, what does that mean? Are they happy with if it gets to five percent? Do they say, yep, we're we're good, we're good, we got it off eight percent? And or does it does it have to go lower for them to uh, to be happy. So I don't really know, but I think it'll be four or five percent. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, look, uh, let, let, let's. I mean, what? How do you how do you play it? What do you what do you want to hold when this sort of stuff is going on? Dollar. Or you want to just be in cash. Don't know. Cash. Dollar. You don't cash. know. Cash. Long story short, I think cash. Is king, you know how Warren Buffett says, "Cash is king." So, yeah. I mean, yeah. in this market, cash is king. I wonder if nibbling at the the Nasdaq or or some dividend paying stocks is the way to go. You know, the Nasdaq's off thirty percent, and um, most of the stock markets are off about twenty. So, I don't know. Maybe I, I mean, I, I'm not a stock I, market guy, but I, I think that comes down to the style of investing. I mean, if you're a long term investor, you're planning to invest for your retirement. Man, do you care if there's a fifty percent correction? Uh, yeah, uh, you're not gonna look at that money for thirty years, thirty forty years. Nibble at the end. Anything else? <laughs> Nothing else. Just uh, stay safe and uh, uh, look after your families. To the listeners, nothing dead. To the listeners, not a financial advice. Do your own research. Don't over leverage. Like John said, play safe. Stay safe. And we'll see what happens next week. See you guys next Friday.